Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome to Fizz Radio. I'm Matt Bonaparte with Jaron May. Jaron, it seems like we haven't done a Fizz Radio in a million years. We're going to be talking a basketball roster reset for Syracuse basketball. We'll give you the first ever edition of Five Star Review, our new segment. Oh, we'll baby. talk some SU NFL draft prospects with our good friend PJ Clark, and then we'll round it out with good old fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback. Jaron, let's hop right into it with this basketball roster. We've seen some transfers. Syracuse lost Kadari Richmond, Robert Braswell, John Bolajak, and Woody Newton already. Not something you like to see as a Syracuse fan, but they brought in Cole Swider from Villanova and Samir Torrance from Marquette. Do you think those two guys are going to fill those holes, or do you think those two guys are just kind of a quick fix? It's a quick fix. It's not a long-term thing. And I'm I'm actually not. And here's the thing. Again, and people need to realize this. The, the transfer portal is a portal. It's not a guarantee. So... These guys, the only guarantee that is leaving Syracuse next year right now is Kadari Richmond. As we are, you know, recording this, maybe something happens um, in the meantime. But right now, it's it's only Kadari. So Woody could come back, John Bull could come back, uh, and these guys could. However, the guys that they have currently brought in, there's still plenty of time, and we're going to get into some of the transfers that they should target down the line in this show. Those guys, the Cole Swiders and the and the Samir Torrances of the world, they don't really push a needle for me. They don't impress me too much. So when I think about what Syracuse is losing, it's not that much, but what they're gaining is also not that much. The biggest part of what has happened so far is, number one, Alan Griffin going to the NBA, or at least trying to, and losing Kadari Richmond. And we can get into both of those um, in this show because we still have plenty of time to talk SU hoops. So you mentioned Griffin going to the NBA, and I was going to get to that. The new rule this season uh, compared to that of the last seasons has been if you get an agent when you're a player, usually you wouldn't be allowed to return to school. That was the big controversy with Tyus Battle. He didn't get an agent, and then he came back to school and he played his junior season. Uh, now you're allowed to have an agent and still come back to school. So there's a chance that Alan Griffin does return to Syracuse, even though he's gone and got an agent and he's looking towards the NBA draft. He can still come back to school if he wants to. So if Griffin does come back, do you think he's going to fit into the lineup as a starter like he was this season? Or do you think that, you know, Beheim wasn't very happy with his play during the tournament? Braswell got a lot more minutes. What do you think Griffin becomes for this team? It depends. I mean, it's so difficult to say because at the beginning of the season, I was really impressed with Alan Griffin. You look at his numbers, 17, 23, 24, 16, 28, one game, 19. Like he was a consistent double figure scorer and could give you high teens to low 20s on a pretty consistent basis. But then you get down to the games that mattered, the late games in the regular season, the ACC tournament against NC State. He had 12 points. That's pretty decent. Against Virginia, three points. San Diego State in the first round of the tournament, just three. Sandy, uh, or rather, San Diego State, he had zero. West Virginia, he had three. Houston, he had two. So it depends on what Alan Griffin you get. 
And if you get the guy that when I watched him at the end of the season, it's not like much changed other than the fact that he lost all of his confidence. It seems that when he got pulled and didn't have a good game and Bayheim kind of, you know, chewed him out, he wasn't able to handle that. He, he just wasn't. So if that Alan Griffin returns, granted if he doesn't go to the NBA or tries to play professionally elsewhere, if that guy comes back, then he's not going to be a contributor. I, I don't see that happening because you bring in Benny Williams next year that plays a very similar game and that can take that starting role from him. So a lot more to be figured out, a lot more moving pieces in this SU roster. But if we're talking right now, uh, I guess Griffin has a starting spot, but the, the leash on him is is tighter than it was on Joe Girard this past season. Yeah, when you talk about Alan Griffin, it's about the, the, the way he fits in to Syracuse's offense mostly because we, we heard Jim Beheim talk about how he's not satisfied with his defensive effort. He can't defensively rebound. He doesn't play defense at all in the zone very well, and that's a lot of the reason that he pulled him, even though we saw it happen right after a bad shot usually. Uh, but that's what Beheim claimed. Uh, but the thing is, is Griffin, you know, he, he's a he's a, a wild card. You don't know what he's going to do on the offensive end. He has the ball in his hands. There's a good chance he's going to shoot it if it's a good shot or not. That's why I think Robert Braswell was a lot better in the Syracuse offense than him. And I would have loved to see Braswell play at Syracuse next year, see if he can compete with uh, Griffin for that spot. Too bad Rat Braswell is gone. Well, Again, he could come back because he's in the portal. He hasn't really, like, left for good. but. Right. If he doesn't find a suitor, he'll come back. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, but but Matt, I I'm going to interrupt here because think about this. Why is Alan Griffin going to the NBA? Can you tell me one good trait that's going to make him, you know, want to be like want uh, NBA teams want to pick him? I think he's a very talented player. I just don't think he works very well for Syracuse. So you think that he's a in- good shooter and he can make? He's only three levels or the only. A three-level scorer on the team. I I disagree with that. Uh, but who else I, is? You like? Are you talking from inside, outside, and in between? Yes, Buddy Beheim. The way oh, that Buddy Beheim turned it on at the uh, Quincy Garrier also added a three, and you know that he can finish on the inside too. Uh, so Alan Griffin's the only guy who can create his own shot on this team consistently. Buddy Beheim did that at the end of the season. I, I would say that I would. He just played I, off I would screens. He didn't create no, his own shot. No, disagree. Disagree. Have you? Oh, okay. That was a little spicy. Uh, <laughs> did you watch the highlights after the tournament? You were at the tournament. I you watched saw them it with my own hand. eyes. You didn't see him, you know, actually put the ball on the ground and make his own shot a couple times because that's what I saw. Buddy loves to come off screens and he gets a good shot. He takes it. He's a, and he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that Alan Griffin's the most athletic player in the team. He is okay, the only right, guy who right. can consistently create his own shot. Okay, so here's the thing. We're comparing apples with, you know, oranges here. And that's fine. But, like, you got to compare Alan Griffin with now the other NBA prospects. So I'm not, when, listen, I'm not saying he's a great NBA prospect. I'm just saying that he's got a chance. Does he have a better chance? I don't chance? think he's going to get drafted. Does he have, okay. So does he have, let me, let me just run through a couple past players. Does he have a better chance than Elijah Hughes? No. O'Shea Brissett? No. Tyus Battle. Not even close. Okay. So those, and we, we only went back a couple of years there, but like 
those are the guys that are fringe NBA guys right now. Tyus isn't even in the NBA. He's over in Russia. Elijah Hughes has been up and down between the G League and getting some minutes. Uh, and same thing with O'Shea Brissett. It's like those guys were better. And Griffin, I don't see him having any type of NBA prospect when you look at what he can do because he stinks on defense and he's a, a decent shooter, but it's not like he's a lights-out shooter. There are definitely times where you he's forcing up shots and he's taking horrible shots, taking bad looks, and that's leading to mistakes for and less opportunities for Syracuse. So when I see him in the NBA, you know, draft lottery area, or not actually in the lottery, but like in the pool of players that you can pick from, uh, he doesn't, you know, stand off the page for me. Yeah, I, I think we'll see Alan Griffin in Syracuse again next season because I don't think many teams are going to bite on him in the NBA. But uh, but moving away from him, I want to look at the big uh, the big spot for Syracuse, the anchor of the zone. You've got Barama Sidibe officially coming back to Syracuse. Your best with friend, Jesse Max. Edwards. You love me, Barama. I mean, me and Barama. I mean, I'm a big fan of Barama. Just I don't oh, think he's yeah. the savior that Syracuse. Uh, of course, that Syracuse needs. Listen, Barama Sidibe. He's playing on a hurt knee. I think we all know that by now. I, I expected him to move on from Syracuse. I think a lot of other people did it as well. And it served as a big surprise when he decided to come back, especially because Jesse Edwards is going to come back. And I think that Jesse Edwards deserves that starting role. Do you think Burama starts or do you think Jesse Edwards starts? Uh, at the beginning of the season, it's Barama, and then eventually it becomes Jesse. If Jesse, you know, plays the way that he did at the end of this past season. so uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and it's kind of like, hey, you know, Barama's the the veteran that was the starter before he got injured, and Bayheim likes to stick with his guys. So if Barama is anywhere decent, then he's going to stay with him. However, I think that you're getting to the point in Jesse Edwards' career that it's no more like you can't use. Oh, he's young. He 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 still needs to grow up a little bit. You can't use that excuse anymore. He's. I am going- so sick of that. I'm so sick of Coach Beheim coming into a press conference and saying Jesse just isn't ready. I am so sick. He's of a that. sophomore. Like he's either ready he or, great or in the tournament. Oh yeah, no. So I, I I agree with that. I think he is ready. But I'm saying if if Beheim doesn't think that he's ready, then he should probably go elsewhere, right? If if that's actually true and Beheim is telling Jesse that, then Jesse, get out of here. Go go find a place that will actually respect you because I think he's a decent player. Well, I mean that that the respect thing is an issue um, that I think some people have been speculating throughout the season, and not only at the center position. Uh, of course, with Kadari Richmond in terms of whether or not he should play over Joe Girard, that was the conversation all year long, and look where it's gotten them. Kadari Richmond's going to play for Seton Hall next year. So yeah. Matt, that's something. I, Matt, that... I, I have a question for you. Before yeah. I know we got to hit Go a break, but I, I got two quick questions for you. Number one, um, do you think that, and we'll talk about this a little later, but do you think uh, Syracuse's roster right now with the new transfers, with some of the guys that have left, um, and by adding a couple other guys, do you think that next season they have a more talented roster than this year? Absolutely not. No way. Not even Why? close. Why? Because you're losing guys like Robert Braswell, and I think Braswell would have been hugely important. Absolutely. I think he would have been incredible for this team next season. After what we saw him do uh, in spurts at the tournament, just come up, hit a big shot, play really, really good defense in the zone. 
Uh, I think he would have been incredible. I think he would have had a starting point guard in Kadari Richmond who could tear up the ACC. You lose a ton of talent right there. And even, you know, you don't have a lot in John Bolajak or Woody Newton. You lose them too. But what you about get Benny what, Williams? Yeah, what I about Benny? That. You what get about Benny? Benny Williams. He's it's yet to be seen how good he's going to be. You never know with one of these top prospects. Don't make me bring up Daywan Coleman. He was the best prospect <laughs> coming out of anywhere, and that guy. Oh, wasn't trust that me, good. I know him. I've, I've <laughs> I have watched him so, on the Syracuse Stallions. You get a couple of other guys, and Samir Torrance and Cole Swider. I don't think they're that great. I don't think this team is nearly as talented as last year's team. So, all right, I'll give you the quick answer because we got to get to a break. Uh, Swider is just as good of a shooter as Alan Griffin. So Griffin, if Griffin doesn't come back, that fits that role. He's not as athletic, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Benny Williams comes in. I think he's going to be beyond people's expectations, and they're already really high. That's just my own opinion by watching his tape and seeing what he does so well and also talking to some scouts. Uh, and then, you know, if Buddy can be the Buddy of the playoffs – and on a consistent basis. That'll be th- interesting to see. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark. Can Buddy can like be the guy? Because that's I, I what he that's was the in the tournament. Team success will absolutely hinge on that. Okay, there you go. Well, you said it. we got to hit a break. When we come back, we'll give you the first ever edition of the five-star review. Stay with us. Welcome to the first ever edition of Five Star Review. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May with you on Fizz Radio. Jaron, let's hop right into it. Talk some SU recruiting. My first question that I'll pose to you is should Syracuse go for the Bayheim Trio? Completed Jim Bayheim, Buddy Bayheim, and Jimmy Bayheim. Should they go get the Cornell guard? So there's a there's a really good article on orangefizz.net if you want to go check it out. It's written by Damon Amendolara, and it was, hey, is Jimmy Bayheim, you know, an actually good fit for this program, or is it kind of just the story to to get all three of the Bayheims on one course? My answer to that is he's a good fit. I mean, 16 and uh, he led his team with just over 16. Uh, we can round it up to 17 points per game, six rebounds per game uh, in 2019 to 2020. Now he didn't play this past season because Cornell didn't play, uh, but he can score in Syracuse. And especially you're losing Marek Dolajai. You're losing Quincy Gary. Well, maybe you might be losing Alan Griffith. You're losing Kadari Richmond. If Buddy doesn't, you know, be playoff Buddy, then your scoring options are very limited. If Buddy has an off game, who are you going to? It's not Baramas Dibe. Uh, Joe Girard, as much as I want to believe in him, and I think that he will get better, he might not be the guy. So you need some type of scoring. And although Jimmy hasn't played at the highest level and at a level like Syracuse, he is still a really talented player that can at least give you some type of scoring off the bench. You mentioned it. He put up really, really good numbers in the Ivy League back in the 2019-20 season. I think he'd be a good addition for this team because, like you said, they don't have a lot of offensive production with a lot of these guys leaving. And that was a lot of the conversation coming into this past season. Where was the offense going to come from now that Elijah Hughes was gone? We kind of both thought preseason that it would just be 
Bayheim and Gerard chucking up threes. And that's kind of what it was at times, but we saw a lot more of Alan Griffin and a lot more Quincy Garrier mixed in as well. And here's the, here's the thing is if you're Jimmy, what, where are you going to go? That's going to be, you know, bigger. Exactly. Now, you, you might be able to find a better fit. You might be able to find a team that you're going to become a starter in day one. He's not going to be that for Syracuse. Let's let's be completely honest. Does he maybe make his way into the starting role? Who knows? Maybe he does. But it, you are not going to get a better opportunity at a Power 5 historical program like Syracuse. This is your opportunity to play under the brightest lights in the biggest and loudest stadium in all of college basketball. If you're Jimmy, I think it's a no-brainer. It just comes down to personnel, and he might be waiting out some other people and hoping to get their uh, you know, decisions to figure out his decisions. Also, it doesn't hurt that your dad is coaching the team. I think that would be pretty nice as well. And your brother's also there. So that would be pretty fun for him. That would be fun. Uh, But moving swiftly along, I've got another question for you. Jaron, does does Kansas's Tyone Grant Foster make sense for Syracuse? A 6'7 forward. He played two years at Indian Hills Community College, then played last year at Kansas. Didn't really play all that much, just eight minutes a game. But he's got a big frame, and he can really play some solid minutes for this team. Yeah, that's that's your last point was what I was going to bring up. He doesn't stat, or at least at Kansas, he didn't stuff the stat sheet. However, six seven guard, you know who that reminds me of, even though he's not six seven, and Syracuse is losing this year. Who is it, Jaron? Tell me, is it Kadari Richmond? It's Kadari Richmond. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick that up a little sooner. Uh, yeah, so it's Kadari because Kadari had that six ten wingspan. A 6'7 guard is going to have a pretty similar wingspan. It's also, you think like, and again, I'm not comparing the two in terms of talent. However, just pure size, Michael Carter-Williams, also one of those bigger guards that fit really well in that 2-3 zone. So he might not be able to give you as much offensive production, but Kadari Richmond wasn't that offensive scorer either. However, he fit in the role that Syracuse needed, which was a facilitator and a good defensive player. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't see a downside for targeting Grant Foster. It it just depends on if he wants to come here. And if he does, scoop him up. Why not? Yeah, and here's the other thing. You don't know exactly how good he's going to be for Syracuse if if Syracuse does end up going and and try to get him. But I think that a guy who – is at his talent level. He was good enough to play at Kansas. He played two really solid years in in Juco. Uh, I I think that Syracuse could make of him what they need. And that's just a guy to come off the bench and play really solid minutes whenever they need that. Cause that's what you lost in Kyrie Rich. And that's what you lost in Robert Braswell. So if they do end up bringing him in, that would be a huge get. Yeah. And Matt, here's the thing with all of the, like all of these transfer conversations, it's if they want to come, like, why not? Right. So it's just if, more talent. Yeah. So you want all the talent in the world. However, you're going to get to that point where you only have a certain amount of scholarships. You only have a certain amount of minutes to be divvied up. And we know that Jim Beheim likes to have a pretty small bench. So at, at some point right now, it's still early in the process, but at some point you're going to have to start whittling down and figuring out who actually wants right now. It's yeah. Grant Foster, come on over. But maybe in a couple of weeks, it's not the same thing. Sure. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, all right. On to our third topic. 
Is there room for the package deal that is Malik Brown and Justin Taylor for this SU roster? So both of these guys are forwards. And all four uh, stars as well. Both four stars, both like pretty, you know, decent size forwards. Um, but they're in the class of 2022. I have my, my sheet up right now. Let me read out some of the, the guys that Syracuse is in on for the class of 2022. We know Kamari lands. He's a small forward at six, eight plays pretty much the same position as, as these two. You also are in on Jar- uh, Jarris Walker, a six, eight power forward. You're also in on Justin Taylor, or rather we are uh, discussing Taylor, but here's the thing. There's quite a few, when you look up and down the offer sheet, there's a lot of four stars. There's also quite a couple five stars that are in the same situation um, as these two. So it worries me. It worries me because you it also have, you. that's interesting because you also have Benny Williams. So if you want one of these guys, and you like you're really keen on one of them and you think one of them is going to make an impact but they say I'm not coming unless my buddy comes and then you have to give up two scholarship positions and that takes away from maybe someone else in the class of 2022 or in the future that's where I start to get a little weary so the whole package deal it sounds great on paper but when you start looking at X's and O's and scholarships it's a little more difficult I mean, when I look at it, I think it, you're in. The, you're looking towards the future. You only have one commit so far. Go for it. Just add somebody to the recruiting list. And if you don't like him eventually, you don't have to offer him. But you might as well go after him and see if it'll work for the team, especially in a package deal. You're bringing in good chemistry between a couple of guys already, two guys that are our buddies and they won't go anywhere without each other. I mean – I, I think that they'd like to be a part of that. We saw that with Houston. Dejan Giroux had a pet friend on that team uh, who he was a package deal with. He went everywhere with that guy. So yeah. I think that Syracuse should totally do something similar. I think that that definitely helps them down the road. And, and, and why not? So here's the other thing with the class of 2022. There's a lot of guards that I personally am high on. Who knows if, if Bayheim and company actually are. Um, There's that guy, Dior Johnson. I don't know if that (laughs) rings a bell for you, but yeah, uh, I think a little bit, Uh, but no chance. Westry is in there. Uh, Zion Cruz, JJ Starling, you know, the the big New York guy, there's a lot of guards that, and you're going to need to replenish your guards more than you're going to have to replenish your forwards when it comes to 2022. So again, if one of them wants to come, I would say hell yeah. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I say yes. You say no. I don't know. You're pretty ambiguous. But That's what it, I like to do. Hey, this is awesome. We're on YouTube right now. Yeah, we are. So if YouTube, you are watching SoundCloud? on YouTube, make sure you go listen to our stuff on SoundCloud. You go on Twitter at OrangeFizz <laughs> or OrangeFizz.net to read all our articles. But I got one more for you, Jaron. Oh, okay. We We're leave. doing one more. We're doing one more. All right. Why isn't Syracuse high on Siena's Jalen Pickett? He, he came out of Rochester, not too far from Syracuse, but Syracuse wasn't really high on him then. They're not really too high on him now. Why is that, or should they be? They should be. I like him. Conference player of the year, can play two ways, can score at will. Um, however, I think it gets into the nitty-gritty of there were some other uh you know, and again, the transfer portal this year is crazy compared to other years. So you can't get every single guy that guy's in your backyard. So it's a little confusing. I think that they should be going for him. 
Um, but maybe it, it comes down to, Hey, we're rocking with Joe and buddy at the guard position. And maybe we bring in one other guy and maybe they like one other guy. Samir Torrance is a guard. Maybe they like Torrance a little more than, uh, than Pickett. I personally don't, but I'm also not, uh, you know, collegiate coach that has had these in-depth conversations. And that's also that, that comes down to it. There was something that Syracuse didn't like with, uh, with Pickett coming out of high school. It's not public knowledge. We, we will never figure that out. However, maybe that same thing is still in the head of Jim Beheim and company. So maybe that's what's keeping him out of the loop. Uh, if I was at the controls of Syracuse, I would say, yeah, let's, let's at least, let's at least talk to him and, and figure something out. I think they were wrong then and they were wrong and they are wrong now. I think Jalen Pickett is definitely a guy that Syracuse should be targeting, especially because you mentioned it. Joe Girard is the only true point guard on this team. I mean, Joe Girard, it's not like we're looking at, at a guy like Kanari Richmond. We're looking at Joe Girard right now and saying he's the only, he's going to anchor the point guard spot all year long. He's going to average over 30 minutes a game. Uh, Did you watch him last year? He, well, here's here's the you know you don't want to hear this map, but yeah, the answer is yes. So go he after will. another guy. Why not? That's my point. Well, well, oh, I, I mean, okay. You, would you I have guess. something? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, well, I was gonna bring up. I mean, you got, you got Chris Lavalley, who's a guard. Oh, nice. All right. Jalen Bartley. Good. You're done. All right. You're uh, Shane done. Feldman. Done. Come on. Yep. Wrap it up. Right, wrap is not Thanks, the sure. only pure point guard. Shane right. Feldman. That's all we have for the first edition of uh, Five Star Review. When we come back, we'll be talking some SU NFL draft prospects with our good buddy PJ Clark. Stay tuned. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May back on Fizz Radio. We just did the first ever edition of Five Star Review. Now we're here with Boomer Bust, the draft show podcast co-host, PJ Clark. PJ, you're ready to talk some SU football prospects. I very much am. Thank you for having me. The NFL draft is ramping up. It's almost here. PJ, there are three main guys that we're looking at here for the NFL draft coming out of Syracuse. You've got Andre Sisko, you've got Ify Melifonwu, and Trill Williams. Obviously, Sisko is the most talented of the bunch, but Ify Melifonwu, are you giving me a face already? Yeah, I am giving you a face right now. I think, I think most people would agree with me, but tell me why you're giving me a face. I'm giving you a face because uh, the correct answer to that question is Fatu Melifonwu uh, is okay. going to be the first Syracuse guy off the board. That's why I'm giving you a face. Why, so why, you, why do you so, think that? Uh, well, here, here's the thing. A, uh, corner is a more valuable position than safety. Just off the top, it's it, it, a lockdown outside corner is more valuable than a free safety that just ball hawks. Uh, secondary to that, if Melifanu is going to come into the National Football uh, League next year as one of the 10 tallest corners in the entire league at six foot three, his athletic profile at his size, six, three, he measured in at pro day. And I believe he was like 222 pounds off the top of my head. Um, his athletic profile does not exist in the NFL at, at his size. He wrote, this is a guy that runs a low four, four forty had good bench press numbers had, you know, upper 90 percentile in vertical and broad jump. His athletic profile at his size is great. And then you look at it and he backed it up this year in, in production. The uh, game against Clemson, 
you know, Trevor took shots at him in the first half and then did not throw his way in the second half. The game against Clemson, if you Melifonu's tape, is some of the best tape that a cornerback has had in this entire draft class. And then he was, uh, in my opinion, at least, the best cornerback, not the best defensive back, but the best cornerback at the Senior Bowl. Um, and he put up crazy numbers there, did well in drills. And I, I think this is a guy that has risen a lot. I think he's going to be a slam dunk top 50 pick. Wow. So, wow. I didn't All think right. that. So you're, you're very high on iffy. Uh, let's mm-hmm. switch over to, to Cisco, and that's obviously where Matt thinks is the best uh, Syracuse talent in this. Well, I was NFL just going game. off, like, I think most So entering think- entering the year, Andre Cisco was, like, first-round buzz and then only played, you know, three games, got hurt, and, and, and I think the combination of getting hurt and not playing the rest of the season and kind of has fallen off the map here. And then, I, I, again, as I just said, the safety position is not – necessarily valuable we did not have a safety in the first round last year I don't know if we get one this year that's not to say that there isn't talent Antoine Winfield went in the second round last year and was you know the best player on a Buccaneers defense that won the Super Bowl there's value to a safety position but I it's not something you really draft in the first round anymore you're never going to see a Jamal Adams in the top six again and Andre Cisco is definitely not that type of guy so we've had a, a couple guests on Fizz Radio already. Uh, Tony Pauline of PFN uh, kind of scout out Cisco and point out all of his, what he does well. And we've, we've covered that. However, I want to ask you, what do you think Cisco needs to work on to be able to actually be an NFL caliber safety? Uh, two things. And well, A, I think he's an NFL caliber safety right now because okay. I'm sure everybody you've talked to has talked about the insane ball production, like literally the best ball production possible in his time in college. He's better than everybody else, which is just asinine. Can't teach that. What you can teach is assignments and a defensive coordinator in the NFL has to rein him in because he was the best player on a Syracuse team that was not very good. And they gave him the freedom to do whatever he wanted. And it left a lot of guys, it left Ify Malfanu, it left a lot of other cornerbacks, slot corners in vulnerable positions. When they got beat, they thought they had safety help deep. Wasn't there because Andre Cisco was trying to ball hawk. So somebody's going to have to rein him in, make sure he knows what his assignments are. That flies when you're at Syracuse and you're by far the best player on the team and you create these turnovers that a bad offense desperately needs. It's not going to fly in the NFL, especially as a rookie, when you don't have that leeway with the guys that you're up against in the se- in the secondary. So I think somebody's going to have to reel him in. And then secondarily to that, uh, I believe the number ended up being 12.7 yards per target in coverage. So if this is a guy that ever gets mismatched uh, a play two years ago in the, in the Syracuse game, uh, the Clemson game against Syracuse in the dome, Amari Rogers beat him on, on two slants down the seam for, for touchdowns. I mean, that's, this is a guy that if he is individually in coverage is a liability and NFL teams are smart enough to figure that out. Wow. All right. I mean, I just want to make sure everybody knows if you don't already realize this, PJ knows his stuff and everybody else over at Boomer Bust does as well. You guys had Trill Williams on the show pretty recently. Let's talk about Trill for a second. He's a freak of an athlete. He was great back in high school. He was great for Syracuse. Where do you see him going if he does in the draft? I think the, if he does is, is not even a question. I have the three of them all in the top 100. I actually have the three of them all in the top 90. Uh, I would take trail in the, in the later half of the third round. I, I think he probably goes on day three in the, in the fourth round, but I would take him lower half of three trails an interesting study because you don't see six foot two, 200 pound slot corners. It's not something that happens. And, and that is a, a, 
stereotype a build that is built for the outside. He's a similar size to Iffy, who was an outside corner, yet Trill was pigeonholed as a slot for the last two years. As a freshman, they played him outside at cornerback a lot and then just went away from it. It was about half and half or 60-40, I believe, to the slot to outside in 2019 and then exclusively in the slot this year. But this is a versatile guy that has outside experience, albeit a long time ago, was great in the slot this year in the games he played and then has secondary experience or safety experience in the back half as well. I just think his athletic profile, he told us that he expects to play nickelback at the next level, which I'm surprised by, but I think he has untapped potential on the outside at 6'2", 200 that we haven't necessarily seen because Syracuse has been somehow blessed with good outside corners over the past couple of years. PJ, uh, obviously, you know, Syracuse has produced quite a few talented uh, corners and especially in this draft specifically. Have you seen anything in Syracuse's scheme for the past couple of years that has led to the development and a quick development of these three guys? Well, I, I think you're you're starting off now two years ago at this point. Kendall Coleman and Alton Robinson was one of the best edge tandems in, in the country. And when you're getting pressure like that, it's easy to rush quarterbacks into making bad decisions. And that's where I think Andre Cisco benefits the most is that when things go get out of hand and a quarterback has to make a bad decision, Andre Cisco and Trill Williams for that matter, both have an innate ability to to get to the ball. And I think a good defensive line in past years allowed those guys to develop into point into to the point where they're going to be really good NFL players. Obviously you did not have a good defensive line this year and you're not going to have one next year if you're Syracuse, but I think those guys got good enough to the point that they were real players by the time Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman left. I also, you know, we didn't see a full year of the three of them in the new defensive scheme. I think adding pieces to the secondary, you got guys like Jihad Carter and and Rob Hanna experienced this year where maybe you didn't think you were getting experience because the early departures of Cisco and Trill and, and Deuce Chestnut coming in next year, I expect to play a really big role. So they clearly target these athletic profiles. All of these guys are big guys. They clearly target these athletes at DB and it seems to be working for them. All right, I've got a question that I don't know how, it's hard to look so far into the future, especially when, you're talking about football players because their careers are so unpredictable. And you talked about how much you like Iffy, but who do you think is having the longest career of these three guys? And who do you think is having the most successful career of these three guys? Honestly, I I think it's Trill um, for for a myriad of reasons. Trill for both. I I think it's Trill for a myriad of reasons, just because it's easier to stick as a nickelback. If that's really where he wants to play and where he's going to pigeonhole himself, especially at his size, doesn't exist. So I think, you know, there is more money to be made as an outside corner. It's also easier to be bad. You can hide in the slot. Trill's great in the run game. He's a very aware player. I think this is a guy that's just, you know, sticking around playing nickelback for, for, you know, maybe a decade in the league. Whereas if he, his brother, Obi had a similar athletic profile, played safety, busted out of the league after being a second round pick by the, uh, by the Raiders busted out pretty quick. And, and, you know, Cisco, it's all about whether somebody can rein them in or not. PJ, last question we got for you uh, before we let you go is it's difficult to predict this with the NFL draft because it kind of depends on wh- how the picks shape out before you, but what kind of teams are looking for defensive backs like these three? 
Uh, I think the iffy, uh, it's easier to target because he's going to go first and we know what the board is going to look like at the spots where he's going to go. So iffy, I, I think his absolute ceiling is 23 to the Jets. That's a scheme that wow. needs zone corners. Um, I don't expect that to happen. I think Greg Newsom from Northwestern is probably going to be the pick there. If he's on the board, I think he's just a better player than if he is. That's no insult to, to iffy. But Browns at 26, Packers at 29 are first round spots. I like if he even the Bills could take him at 30. There are bigger needs for the Bills. But if Dallas doesn't take a corner at 10. I think Dallas in the top half of that second round, I believe they're at 40 would be a good spot. And if he gets to 57, I think Seattle jumps on him. Okay. PJ Clark of Boomer Bust, a draft show. Thank you so much for joining us. Go follow Boomer Bust on Twitter. Go subscribe on YouTube. They do some really, really great stuff. PJ, thanks so much. And we will see you in our next blog talking about a fictional fizz and our fizz feedback to round it out. Stay tuned. Good job. Wrapping up on Fizz Radio, we just talked with our good friend P.J. Clark about the NFL draft and who from Syracuse is going to be taken and when. Now we're going to focus on some good old fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback. Jaron, let's hop right into it with cool. fictional Fizz. How many more transfers does Syracuse bring in over under two and a half? More. More. Or, or total. That's a big difference. How many more? No, how many more? They... Oh, under. Oh, under. Easy under. You think that they're going to bring in five total transfers in one year? I now think I, they could. I, they just I, lost four. I, I understand that. But, no, I, I'll take the under there. I think that the, the most that they bring in is five. Or rather, sorry, four. Um, and I think that it's actually going to be three. And it may be four. But, no, I'll, I'll take the under. Okay. I disagree. I'm going to take the over on this one. I think you could you see him bring in a big. You could see him bring in Jimmy Bayheim. You could see I like him bring Trey in Mitchell. Tyone Grant Foster. I like Trey Mitchell, and I like uh, Bayheim. That's all you like? You don't like anything else? Uh, there's a couple others, but, you know, whatever. It's free agency these days, Jaren. That's what you got to think it about. It is. I wrote an article on that about that on orangefizz.net. I very much dislike the change of the transfer rules. I know. I read it. You know, I'm a good, I'm a reader of yours. Thank you. Uh, How many games does Jesse Edwards start next season? I've got the over under set at 18 and a half. All right. So let's think in a normal year, they're going to play high twenties, probably low thirties. Um, it's, that's a, that's a good one because it depends on Barama. I'm going to take the under just because Bayheim is Bayheim, Um, and he doesn't like to give, you know, he doesn't like to change things up. So give me, he's like the, I don't know. I'm not going to uh, predict that he's the uh, sixth man off the bench, but you know, uh, he'll be under that. I'm going to take the under cause I'm anticipating a Trey Mitchell coming in and, and taking that Let's spot. Hope. You know, I'm uh, a big UMass fan and Trey Mitchell has been <laughs> I do impressive. Know that. Trey Mitchell is a phenomenal player. Let's hope he comes to Syracuse. So we get to cover him. I'm going to say that Jesse Edwards starts under 18 and a half games because Trey Mitchell's doing it instead. All right. Our last fictional fizz before we get to fizz feedback, how many minutes does Benny Williams average next season? I've got the line set at 21 and a half. Oh, good line. Good line. Let me look at some comparable players. So if he takes Griffin's place, Griffin was 29 minutes this past year. Marek Dolajai at 35. Joe Girard at 27. Kadari at 21. All right, so if Kadari was getting 21 this past year and not being a starter and 
being behind two guards, which, uh, you know, I don't think that Benny is going to be behind many forwards. Uh, give me over. I think he's mid-20s. I think 26 to 27. I, I, I'm going to agree here because I think if Syracuse is going to win games, they need Benny to play well, and if he's going to play well, he's going to play. Uh, so I'm going to say he averages around probably 27 minutes a game, so I'll take the over on 22 and a half cool. as well. All right, on to my favorite part of the show, Fizz Feedback. Our first one is, will Benny Williams be in the starting five for Syracuse next year? The options were yes from day one, yes, but not right away, and no, he'll be the sixth man. Jaron, what say you? Uh, I got yes from day one. I think, and again, I've watched his film. I've talked to a couple national scouts on him. They are really high on him. There's a couple things that he has to work on, and that's with every player that comes in. But he gives me, and especially if Griffin does not come back, he gives me, let's slide right into Griffin spot vibes. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's probably going to be starting as well, and so does the public. Especially because you, you, you lose Marek Dolajai too. So you're and if Quincy Garrier doesn't come back, then there are three forwards just all gone. Agreed. So 79.9% of people said yes, he'll be starting from day one. So they agree with you, Jaron. You should be happy about that. Nice. Uh, on to our second one. Who has the largest impact on Syracuse basketball next year, not named Buddy Beheim and is guaranteed to be on the roster? The options are Joe Girard, Barama Sidibe, Cole Swider, or Samir Torrance. Uh, I went Joe Girard. I think Gerard returns to his freshman self. I, I am a firm believer that Gerard is only good when he has fans and he actually feeds off the fans. And I, 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 geez, I really hope that we're back to the point where we can have fans in the stands next basketball season and Gerard can get back, can get back to his normal self. Plus the, you know, the guards uh, are much depleted now that Kadari's out. So Gerard's going to be playing more and hopefully will pick up his production. This is a tough one because I think I've seen enough of Joe Girard. I think I'm I'm done. Uh, and if he has an incredible year next year and he turns into Doug McDermott or Jimmer for Dead, you can call back to this episode of oh, Fizz Radio I'm gonna and call me out. out. Don't you worry. You're more than welcome. But I've seen enough. He's done. I, I'm I'm off the Joe. I'm getting off the train. I'm getting off the next stop. Uh, I'd love to say it's Barama Sidibe, but in my heart of hearts, I know it won't be. So I've got to turn towards one of these two transfers, and I'm going to go with Cole Swider because I think he is yeah. probably the better. I mean, if you're going to pick one of them, you got to go Cole. Yeah, so I'm going to go with him. So did our Fizzers. They went 39.7% to Cole Swider. Jay Hooded said, I really hope it's Sidibe. Kid deserves a breakout year. I agree. I agree, Jay Hooded, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. All right, on to our final one. Who are you most interested in Syracuse getting in the transfer portal? The options are Jimmy Bayheim, guard of Cornell, of course, Jim, Jim Bayheim's other son, Trey Mitchell, the center from UMass, Jalen Pickett, a guard from Siena, or another. Uh, I already I already gave this answer away. Unfortunately, it's Trey Mitchell. Uh, I watched him at UMass. He's impressive. He's an athletic big man, and that's something that Syracuse hasn't had in a while. It's I'm so sick of the days of Barama Sidibe and Pascal Chukwu and even Marek Dolajai, as much as I love Dolajai, but just being like 6'10", 150 is not going to cut oh, it. Oh, you're we, selling him a bit short there. <laughs> we we, we got to stop About with the lanky guys. short right there. We, we got to get... Syracuse needs to get some more beef down low and have some more athleticism because that's how basketball is played these days. Give me Trey Mitchell on the inside. 
Yeah, I mean, I love Trey Mitchell as well. I'd like to see him, and so would everybody else. 45% goes to Trey Mitchell. He wins that poll. If you want to see some other suggestions, we've got some in our replies. Go to at OrangeFizz on Twitter. Also, go read some of our articles, or all of them, at OrangeFizz.net. Yeah, I mean, you got to read all of them if you really want to stay. <laughs> uh, but for, for Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte, this has been Fizz Radio. We'll talk to you later.